following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. I'm Mark Vernon, along with Lou Costable, and welcome to another episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Certainly glad to have you along once again, and here we are in the uh, midst of Cardum. We're coming to you from the uh, Car Guys Report state-of-the-art studios inside the uh, Car Guys Report warehouse, where you never know what might happen. But uh, today, we have a lot of uh, interesting things to talk about Um I always like to open the show with uh, cars that uh, we've seen uh, spotted uh, driving around on the roads and a couple that I think will uh, tickle lose fancy a little bit. Um, I saw a 72 Impala convertible on a flatbed uh, a couple of days ago, and it was definitely in need of restoration. It had the ratty rag top on it but that's a car we're always talking about cars that are going to be coming along in 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 collector interest and value and i think those big um early to mid 70s gm convertibles whether it's a oldsmobile a chevy a buick like the buick centurions those are just great cars and they're just awesome and i just always love when i see a car like that and you are hopefully Hopefully, they're not taking it to the junkyard. Hopefully, they're taking it to somebody's uh, restoration facility. Um, another classic that I saw was a bright yellow, pretty much like a lemon yellow, Studebaker Lark Wagon, which is a pretty rare car. And um, you kind of have to love or hate the color because it just literally was just like lemon yellow with a white top. But it's period correct, and it looked good going down the road. Another car that I saw that was very cool was a Triumph TR3 with a hard top and a rally spotlight in the center of the hard top. So it was just a, one of these cars that is just very cool. You don't see them with a hard top very often. I have no idea if it was a factory hard top or a uh, aftermarket, but it was an early 60s TR3. And then a car that I know you're going to like is a 67 Stingray with side pipes in a dark maroon cruising along. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, it was a great, great looking car. Um, but it's always exciting to uh, to see those on the road and in motion. You can always uh, communicate with us via email at the Car Guys Report. It's carguysreport at hotmail dot com. And, and Lou, we actually got a uh, inquiry from Ron, our first mailbag email. And Ron has a question. We were just talking about some of the the things that we've that uh, you know when we're we're not recording, we're always talking about cars. And Ron has a little bit of frustration with uh, a modern car. Uh, he has a Honda Accord with power windows, and he's one of these guys that uh, likes to have the window cracked, but only about maybe an inch or so. And he finds it difficult to uh, get that window adjusted just right with power windows. Because right. <laughs> in a modern car, you either have, you might have express down and or express up on your power window. So if you hold the button down a little too long, the thing goes all the way down. And then if you hold it in the other direction to put the window up, it can go all the way up. Uh, so you have to make sure you're doing it in the manually adjusted power window position i guess is the way to say it but you're sitting there going it's kind of like homer simpson bed goes up bed goes down yeah trying to get it just right so and he said well, you know what do you guys have any solutions for this and other than you know buying a car with roll-up windows i think you just have to kind of get your technique down to just probably what you're doing now where you're just kind of like tapping it going neat 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 until it just exactly. finally inches down but it is a i can totally understand your frustration uh ron with that and uh hopefully um 
from the Department of Obscure and Often Worthless Information, we've been able to uh, help you out with your frustration regarding uh, power windows in uh, modern cars. We'll call it a power assist. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Lou's always got the uh, got the uh, right thing to say at the right time. Make sure you tell a friend about the Car Guys Report. It's available online at radiomisfits.com. You can follow us at Car Guys Podcast on Twitter. And, of course, you can email us, carguysreport at hotmail.com. I came across uh, this online um, oh, a couple of days ago and wanted to talk about it. It's one of these, uh, you see these from time to time, uh, world's most valuable brands. And these are all in the billion-dollar range. And I'm not exactly sure how they're, they're coming up with this monetary value. It's not obviously not just based, I think, on sales uh, or something like that. I, I don't exactly know how they're they're figuring out a value of a brand but i was curious to see how many it was uh, like a top 40 and how many uh, car companies would be on that uh list and basically they're all uh either european or japanese bmw came in at number 29 at a uh, brand value of 40.5 billion vw was close uh by with a, at number 27 a little bit more than the 40 and a half of uh, bmw uh, vw came in at 41.8 billion i was thinking toyota would have to be on that list because they're just a ginormous car company and they came in at number 17 with 52.3 billion and then uh, the only other car company listed on there, no, uh, no Tesla, because they have a market value of some like $50 billion. But again, I don't know if that's what they're looking at. Obviously not, because it wasn't on the list. GM wasn't on the list. Some of the, the companies you would think could be on there weren't. But Mercedes-Benz came in at number 13 with $60.4 billion as a brand value. And uh, since I own a Mercedes, I'll take it. There you go. <laughs> um, and kind of uh, working from brand value to uh, cars that are a good value. If you're looking for a new car and you want to get a good deal, uh, these are some of the models right now that are languishing on a dealer's lots. Some of these uh, figures are amazing. And there's some surprising cars in here, too, that I would have thought would be selling better than they are. The uh, Fiat 500X, which is basically the uh, Jeep Renegade with a Fiat body on it, they've got about a three-month or a six-month supply of those, 180-day supply of the Fiat 500X. The Buick Regal is right uh, alongside it at a 182-day supply. And another, uh, another uh, Buick on the list, the Buick Envision, has a 201-day supply on, your lot, on the dealer's lot. So if you're looking for any of those cars, a good time to go out and, and perhaps buy one. Chevy Spark, that little uh, super compact 208-day supply, that doesn't surprise me. An Acura RLX um, has a 210-day supply as well. Here's one that kind of surprised me. The Jeep Patriot is kind of long in the tooth now. It's uh, over 10 years old. It's never really been appreciated that much, but it's still a Jeep, and it still has a little bit of cred from that standpoint. They've got over a 200-day supply of those. And then we start getting into a couple of interesting ones, some that are no surprises. The Fiat 500L, which is just basically, I don't know why they're trying to even sell that in the U.S. anymore. I have a Fiat 500, but not an L. The L is just an ugly kind of like SUV thing that just does not look good at all. 329-day supply of that. Um, Dodge Dart, which is another car that Fiat Chrysler 
decided to basically discontinue. And this is funny. Production ended in 2016. Here we are three years later, and they still have a 358-day supply wow. of those cars. So, I mean, if you couldn't get a good deal on that, I mean, come on. But uh, a couple of other ones, the Fiat 124 Spider, which has been affectionately called the Fiat because it's a Mazda Miata with a Fiat body and then the Fiat uh, Turbo uh, 4 in it, which is actually a pretty nice car. I've seen a lot of the, uh, a handful, I won't say a lot, because there's 461 day supply of them on the dealer lots, but that's a hell of a car. And if you could get a good deal on, on a Fiat 124 Spider, especially with over a year's supply on the lots, that would be great. Um, and then two cars that I know are right up Lou's val- uh, alley once again, the Dodge Viper. 425-day supply really? of Dodge Vipers, yeah. Well, first of all, they don't make them. Well, they don't make them, exactly. Production ended in 2017, and it's also a $100,000 car. Mm-hmm. But, again, future collectible, the last of the, the Vipers. Last American well, yeah. hand-built V10. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that, that could be a good, a good something to take advantage of. And then the Chevrolet Corvette. Uh, I think everyone's waiting for the new mid-engine to come out, but they have a 232-day supply of uh, Corvettes on the lot. So, again, if you're looking for, you know, a a muscle car, high-performance vehicle that is uh, a good vehicle. I mean, Corvettes are awesome these days, and it surprised me that they would have that much supply because I always thought they were kind of in short supply. People always wanted them, and I think it's part of the thing that we're seeing um, people moving away from sedans. I mean, yeah, sedans and, 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 and coupes and into, you know, crossovers. So we'll see. Um, came across another well-bought car on Bring a Trailer. A car that I've always liked is the uh, BMW 2002. Uh, great little uh, compact uh, sport uh, coupe from BMW, uh, produced late 60s through actually the mid-70s. And this one was a 1972 BMW 2002. It needed a little bit of work, a little bit of TLC. It, it, by no means it was a basket case or anything. It had unknown mileage on it. But it was a four-speed car, and it was in uh, Inca Orange, I-N-K-A, which is kind of, a, again, one of those classic early 70s European colors. It's a bright orange with a black interior. The car presented pretty well, and it went for uh, 6500 bucks. And I think you could probably take that car, you could put a couple grand into it to make sure that it's mechanically sound and, and maybe correct a few things on it. And you'd have a lot of fun for well under $10,000 because a, a fully restored or super nice 2002 can go 12, 15, 20 grand easy. So um, it was an interesting car to see. And it was actually from the state of Maine, which is, which is uh, unique. So um, it was interesting to see that one on uh, Bring a Trailer. Always some interesting things to see there. If you like the uh, Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, that's what we do here. I'm Mark Vernon along with Lou Costable. Then make sure you check out some of the other programs that are available on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. You can tune in to Back to You, three Chicago TV personalities, Howard Sudbury, Steve Baskerville, and Alyssa Ali, talk about the things you don't see on the air and other workplace experiences that everyone can relate to. It's light, it's fun, it's about a lot of this and that, including travel, food, what they like, and a long list of what bugs them, and maybe things that bug you too. It's only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great Talk Radio isn't dead, it just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. We got into quite the discussion before we uh, started uh, recording this episode of the Car Guys Report, Lou. Um, 
we're going to talk about what are called display garages. There's probably three or four different renditions of how car guys display their cars or store their cars. There's the people that only maybe have one or two, so they're keeping them at home in their garage and maybe nothing special. There's people that maybe have a warehouse or some other storage facility that is kind of made into a man cave and they might be storing more cars there. Then there's the phenomenon of what are called motor condos, which are basically high-end garages. They can be anywhere from a two to a eight or 12 stall garage that are finished off as nice as literally a a high-end house. And it's a condo arrangement. You're not supposed to live there. You're just supposed to keep your cars there. But people are investing 500,000, 1 million plus in those car condos. And then we've got the kind of the top upper echelon of this called display garages. And these are people that are actually incorporating a garage as part of their house. You've got a a phenomenon where you can have like a one-car garage or a two-car garage, and then you actually have a wall of glass that is just a, a clear glass wall that you can see right from inside your house. You can be in your living room and looking right in your garage. And then there's other uh, ones that are basically building a garage as complete living space. I mean, there's one, uh, this was from the Wall Street Journal, an electric turntable with remote control to park a car that you want on display and have it turn around and and sound systems. And it it blows you away. And the prices are just, you know, a million dollars this guy spent to build a, an underground show garage, which actually seems cheap to me. But you were telling me when you're out in Arizona, you've seen quite a few of these amazing display garages. Well, I've gotten the chance to um, run around the country with the YouTube channel that I run called My Car Story with Lou. And the bonus is, as you build the trust with some of these car people, they obviously have other cars. So... Fortunately, they asked me to stop by their house and see some of their other cars and have some iced tea with them. And when we're doing that, we're seeing some amazing places. So, uh, and the wonderful thing about car people is just that they're just basically wonderful people. When you talk about cars, we all have that common bond. So one of the stories that I was sharing with Mark was I was out in Arizona and there's a great car show that happens the first Saturday of every month called the uh, Mayo 101, which is at Scottsdale and the 101 uh, uh, route there at the there's a little strip mall i call it a little strip mall they get anywhere between 600 and a thousand cars there on a saturday morning great show to go to well one of the gentlemen had his 1963 split window happened to be parked next to a 1913 bugatti and i asked him i said uh, so how does it feel having no one look at your completely restored <laughs> perfect 1963 split window because you've parked it next to a 1913 bugatti and he laughed and he said um yeah, he says, uh, you know, obviously I didn't park it in the right spot today. I said, well, I said, you know, you've obviously got some other cars. If you have a 63 split window, I'm guessing. He says, well, you know, there's one car in particular that I think has a good story to it, not knowing what I do. And I said, well, tell me about that car with the story. So he shared with me, and it's on the channel, a 1957 Chevrolet Bel Air that has 22,000 original miles on the original tires. So I asked him at that point, Uh, having no shame i said would you mind if we go to your house and i'd like to video this car and he agreed well when i went to his house the bonus was he uh shared that uh, i said well what do you do and he said well i build garages for houses for car people and i was like this is a match made in heaven so 
I asked them, I said, would it be okay if I videoed your car and I'll put it up in the front. And if you like what I've done, then you can share it with your other car friends that are out here and I could meet them and video some of their cars. The short story is the car did really well on the channel and we had a great time and I've made a new friend and he then introduced me to some of his other friends. But the car garages are absolutely fantastic. Um, they're they're not just part of the house; they are the house. Well, in many times they're integrated so so seamlessly that it, yeah. it's like you know the, a modern version of like a really nice rec room in your walkout basement where you might have a pool table and a foosball table and some video games and stuff. You'd be walking into an area that is fully finished with high end finishes, and you've got these cars that are on display. And it's just part of your 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 living space, and that's the thing that's so amazing. I have not personally seen what other than what I've saw in the article here. But what are one or two that that really stand out in your mind that you've seen? Well, the common denominator with us car guys is we've never grown up, and when you never grow up, that means that you really want a space for all your toys. And when you talk about your toys and you start to accumulate some some revenue, if you can, and you're lucky enough to. Then it's not only just your cars, but then they'll incorporate pinball games and Coca-Cola machines, and it just becomes uh, sports memorabilia and some really fun spaces. I'll give you one place out in, out in Arizona that's someplace that you can go to and actually rent out. It's called Alpio's at Troon. You could probably go to Alpio's at com. And Alpio has a wonderful, he has 11 cars in his lower half. And in the upper half, as you go up the staircases, he's got pinball games and pool table and a little office up there and a little kitchen. So what happens in that situation is he rents it out to people so that they can uh, come in for a meeting or a board meeting or, or a um, bachelor party or something like that. And it's it's just a great spot. Does he have cars in there, though, then, too? Or? He takes the cars out. He okay. opens up the garage doors, <laughs> takes the cars out. That becomes it's kind of the, the living space. He has, like, full-size uh, Marilyn Monroe and John Wayne. And, you know, it's a real fun event mm-hmm. to do something different that uh, is outside the norm. Mm-hmm. I think it's. Uh, I, I mean, I've marveled at at some of the motor condos that we we've seen, and I mean, I look at them. Like, literally, they're they're nicer than my house. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know the finishes they have in there, and the way that the cars are displayed, and I can see the 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 joy that it brings somebody to uh, be able to if you just want to like relax someday after a hard day at work or just want to kick back on a Saturday afternoon, you could walk down either to your motor condo or to your display garage. You know, pull up a chair, turn on some music, have a beer, and just look at your cars. That's I mean, it. I think that it's not always about driving. You know, everyone wants to drive their cars, but especially here in the Midwest when we have uh, winter, when you can't really drive your cars, you should spend a lot of time just enjoying them, cleaning them up, and just looking at them as, as art and as design something that's you know gorgeous to look at because you've got a lot of time you've got a lot of money invested in these things and it's just a great way i think to to enjoy your collection from a kind of a different standpoint i've got a, i agree with you 100 percent. I, I do have one story that that i want to share regarding that if you're not a car person i just got my dodge viper i was feeling pretty proud about myself and uh, I had some reality come to me. I was washing it in the driveway, being the proud parent of my new baby. And there was a gentleman, probably about 18 years old. He had the hoodie on, shoelaces undone, and a Wendy's bag in his hand. He never <laughs> looked up to look at my car. And although I was disappointed, 
it let me know that, hey, not everybody's a car guy. But if you're listening to this podcast, you're at the right spot with the right car guys because we get it. And we do like to look at the cars. Well, one thing, too, that, you know, they I don't want to get off off topic here too much, but um, there's there was just an article I saw in the paper just literally like two days ago. Uh, I can't remember what the percentage was, but how a lot of the uh, high schoolers are not getting their driver's licenses now. Uh, either while they're in high school, they're going to get it at some later point in life, or they're saying maybe even never. And you just wonder where the car collector, car guy thing is going to be in 20 or 30 years. But something that, that makes me feel good, and it's a counter to what you said about the guy with the Wendy's bag ignoring your Viper, is when we go to a lot of uh, cars and coffees, around here you'll see what i call the paparazzi which are the uh, not necessarily you and your video camera but but high school aged kids out there with their digital cameras and their video recorders of course they're probably posting a lot of this on youtube but i would assume hopefully if they've got a digital camera they're posting it elsewhere too maybe instagram or for their own personal use but they're out there enjoying the cars coming and going and that's the place to be is right out at the front where you actually get to see the cars in motion you get to hear them because i'm a big person about I like going to car shows, but I want to hear the car. Like, you know, on your channel, you you have the engine sounds, and sometimes you go for drives, and that's that's where it really comes down to a lot of fun. And I just, it, it excites me that at least you're seeing some younger uh, members of the younger generation interested in cars, whether they're not necessarily the classics that, that we're talking about sometimes, but they're the more of the supercars, the exotics, but they're still showing that interest in something automotive, and that means a lot, I think, so good for them right right i agree and uh the other topic we we're going to talk about and i've kind of been here not to an extreme but i came across an article um about a 1955 porsche 356 pre-a which is a very early 19 uh very early porsche 356 and uh the title of the article was, is it beyond saving? And then it says, think again. And the picture of the car, I mean, as, as you can see, it's pretty ratty. Of course, it's a, it's a very rare car, and it's a Porsche, which has, you know, obviously collector value built into it. But it was an American barn find that was discovered, and they're going to restore it in Hungary. Obviously, the labor rate there is going to be less than doing it here in the States, so that's one way they can save money on it. Uh, as is, they say the car is worth about $84,000. And, I mean, you look at this car, and it's just dented up. It's, I'm sure the underneath is probably rusted to, out, and there's just, like, pieces missing and things like that. And they're saying restored, it'll be worth close to a quarter million. So I was figuring at $50 an hour body rate, which is actually probably higher than it would be in Hungary, that would be about 3,000 hours of work put into this car, which seems about right because 2,000 is considered kind of an average work year, I believe. So 3,000 would be maybe a year and a half of continuous work on this vehicle. And if you're going to restore it and, and, and go that route, then maybe it would be worth 250,000. But it's just really hard to ever say, do you want to do that? I know somebody that, that bought a 1954 Aston Martin. I never saw the car when he bought it. But I know that he took a loan out to get it restored. And it, the car is just absolutely stunning. And it's probably worth three hundred, three hundred and fifty thousand 350000 minimum right now. So if he bought it right, maybe he paid 100000 for it. And he took out a loan for 
150, 200,000 to get it restored. At least you'd be breaking even probably that cars would, would definitely, I think, uh, appreciate in value. Maybe that's the, the right way to do it. Um, I had uh, a 1987 Alpha Spider, Alpha Romeo Spider, which is, you know, you're probably going to say like, what's that Vernon guy talking about on the on the podcast? Who would restore an 87 Spider? You don't want to restore an 87 Spider. You want to go get one of the boat tail early spiders like 69 or 70 well i did it as a labor of love and that was the first car i've had restored it was not anything like a basket case to begin with but i spent a ton of money on it and i knew that i wasn't going to get my money out of it i mean that's that's why it's good to buy a car that's been just done again it gets back to our whole depreciation thing and you can basically have the person you're buying the car from pay for the restoration and you're buying the residual value of the car i think there's two points there one is age how old are you and what kind of discretionary income you have because if you're 90 you want the car done now uh, generally uh, the opposite to that is if it if this car has been in your family and it was a car that has sentimental value. You know, uh, father passed away, mother passed away. Someone had the sentimental value towards this car, and they just loved on that car. Then money sometimes isn't the issue. In other words, you know what? We always wanted to fix up that 65 Impala. That was mom's car. We just remember all the good times we used to have in that car. Then, And that's really where you were at with your 87. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was a labor of love. And I, and I, and I wanted to do that because that was the original plan with that car. I owned that car for almost 20 years. And it was an experience, though, and that's what I like. I mean, I'm doing these things with cars that I've always wanted to do. And I've done a restoration now. And would I do another one? Maybe. We'll see. But it was fun. I mean, I didn't obviously do any of the work myself. I had specialists doing the, the, the mechanical work and the, and the body and the paint and everything in the interior. And it turned out very well. But... You know, it was a lot of money and a lot of time, and, and it's just something that I think, like you said, I've got a, a, another friend of mine right now who is uh, undergoing a, not a Concours restoration, but a restoration of a 1986 Saab 900. It's like, wow, big whoop. But it's got sentimental value to this person. It's got like 100 and whatever thousand miles on it, but they want to get the car back into you know, decent condition. And I can respect that. I mean, I, I would much rather see somebody spend money on something like that than just, uh, you know, maybe buy a new car and say, Hey, this is a new car. It's like, yeah, but I think it's better to save some of these things. Sometimes it becomes a member of the family. And if the car gets to that status, that it becomes a member of the family. Um, there's a story of uh, a gentleman that I recall that's on the channel. It's a 70 challenger convertible and him and his wife uh, got married in that car, basically. You know, they, they got married. It was the first car they had. Uh, she passed away. And that car is so much more to him than just, you know, a rusted out 70 Challenger now that they restored it and did a little resto mod on it. And, you know, the kids are all happy. They all cried when the when i call it the drape came off it and you saw the car again for the first time but yeah. a 70 challenger that that, that car has got a little bit of you know cool uh, value factor. to it yeah, yeah i mean that's a neat car you know but an 80 an 86 sob and this is not a turbo it's not even an s i don't think i think it's like a base model with the automatic which again i don't want to show my sobness too much but i mean it's just 
absolutely terrible Borg Warner automatics. I was like, why would he spend, you know, five grand or eight grand to get this thing back on the road? But hey, it's 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 a labor of love. It's sentimental value, and I I I'm all for that because I think that's what keeps a lot of these cars on the road here or there, and it's always good to see. You can listen, subscribe, and rate to the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive. You can catch us on iTunes, iHeart, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. All you have to do is search for Radio Misfits. And when you subscribe, it uh, makes it easy for you as a subscriber to find us again because our show will automatically show up in your device when a new episode is released. It is the Car Guys Reports Informed Automotive on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. One of the highlights of the uh, Car Guys Report each episode, we always want to ask Lou what he is doing on his YouTube channel, My Car Story with Lou, and what have you got coming up on that channel? We just added a 1982 Porsche 930 Rough Turbo that is a one of 59 car that is beautiful even if you're not a porsche fan if you don't like that 911 it looks too like squeezed volkswagen type thing this one i think has all the right things the slant nose the beautiful tail the i call them dents in the side they're the vents that are going mm-hmm. in the back it's just fantastic those are awesome yeah. yeah this one's just and the big fat wide wheels and the, the thinner front wheels um, if you've watched the channel, you'll see that anything and everything can come up on the channel. So uh, I also um, looking forward to some 60s cars that I just videoed that are just they're between artwork and car. Some of the designs um, that are coming up uh, on the channel. I just did a car that I've never never knew anything about before. It was a 1977 Maserati and it was a K.H.A.M. I-N, I believe. Cayman? Yeah, yeah. And I, I hadn't seen that, but the interesting thing to Does me... Does that have the really funky cut wheel well cutouts, like on the back? It's kind of like angular? It's 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 an angular yeah. car. Um, it would remind you more of a Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing with the back end of the car is they, have, they call it the floating taillights, where the back pan of the car, where usually the taillights are in that chunk of metal... It's glass so that the driver can look out his rearview mirror and look right through the back glass, and the taillights happen to be sitting in there. That's cool. Yeah, it was just really, really neat. That's the, way the essence of Italian design. Yeah, yeah really, really <laughs> interesting in the 70s. Yeah. So. Cool. Yeah, th- those are very cool cars. I don't think they sold that car here. That was probably imported because I don't recall them selling that model here in the States, but... It might have been brought in privately at the time or recently well, you also, brought in. Yeah, they have that 25-year yep. yeah. regulation that if it's over 25 years old, you can bring it in. And and the uh, the Porsche, nicknamed uh, the Widowmaker, that car has uh, been brought in and, okay. and along with this other one. But at the same time, if you watch the channel, you'll see that I'm a huge muscle car fan, and I, I'm a sucker for originals, so... That's good. Me too. I'm always about originality and, and stock condition on on vehicles. But uh, as usual, your your assortment of uh, vehicles on the uh, YouTube channel, My Car Story with Lou, are, is uh, fantastic. Thank you. That's what uh, makes it uh, fun. On the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Lou and I will dazzle you with the Car Guys Report Car Shows Show. And it's our thought on car shows. There's always a lot to talk about, the uh, good, the bad, the indifferent, um, the people that compete, the people that just 
come to have a good time and have a hot dog and a beer and everything in between. But it's uh, that time of the year, and we'll have a lot of fun talking about that. And, of course, more cool stuff, what we've seen on the roads, and uh, just anything to do with cars. It's the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with OPI Productions. It's distributed by Ed Silha of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Be sure to tune in to Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. Our podcast highlights the best soccer league in the world. The English Premier League. We recap the previous week's games. And preview the upcoming games. I do it from an American point of view. And I do it as an authentic Brit. Accent and all. That's authentic. Right, Governor? Not exactly how I say it. (laughs) We also talk about the local soccer scene because Adam is the Illinois Youth Director of Coaching. If you love soccer. Football. Football. Tune in to Free Kicks. New episodes drop weekly. On the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Now that car show season is here in the Midwest, we'll give our thoughts about everything to do with car shows, the who, what's, and how's of car shows. It's the Car Guys Report Car Shows Show. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Costable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lozano podcast, and OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. (laughs) 